Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome, everyone, to the 304th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Big week, big ending to a big week. Um, today's date is November, the November 8th. 8th. Now, but before we sort of get too into it, the, the last time we recorded, it was leading up to the election. So this is now after election Tuesday, right? Like uh, the big day yeah. where everyone goes to vote. Um, I remember you said that you dropped off like an early vote because Delaware was making it very easy for everyone to just like mail in yep. or drop off their their absentee uh, votes, yep, right? Exactly. Ballots. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I voted early. Carolyn dropped off an absentee ballot. What was interesting that I learned was there were only like a couple hundred or maybe like a hundred early voting sites in New York City. Um on the actual on the actual day of the election it was like over a thousand voting areas and so the lines to vote weren't nearly as long on voting day because the place where i went to line up to do early voting was a different location than where i would have gone to vote in person i see so you know you live and learn you live and learn yeah i guess um but yeah, not to really beat around the bush, but it's been a it's been a pretty heavy week, I think, for a lot of us. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just because of the uncertainty, knowing that this was not a race that we would have known, like either primetime Tuesday or late night Tuesday or even early Wednesday morning, definitely wasn't going to be one of those. Uh, with the way that the year has gone with coronavirus, um, forcing the voting activity to really shift to a lot more people mailing in ballots and therefore having them be counted certain uh, in certain ways that are different than if you and I were just to go vote normally. Um, and so Tuesday comes around and we you know we're I think everyone's glued to the TV after like 7 p.m when the ballots when the state the polls start closing, I don't know what you were doing, but I know that I, I sat my butt down in front of the TV yep. and just started mainlining like news content, you know, just bopping around CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, like everyone. Yeah. Just like, what are you seeing? Who's calling what? It's almost like, you know, you're going to a sports bar and you have like nine flat screen TVs. It's like, all right, these guys called this state, but that people, those people called that state, but AP hasn't called it. So who's calling what, you know? Right. Um, but Joe Biden won, called it Saturday at around noon, I want to say. Uh, no, earlier. Earlier. It was like uh, 11, I think. Yeah, I think it was around 11 a.m. Uh, yesterday. Yeah. I did not have my phone immediately next to me, but I started hearing people honking their horns in New York City. You heard cheering and clapping and honking their horns. And that made me reminiscent of the... 7 p.m., 6 or 7 p.m., uh, when the hospital staff, they changed their shifts. Uh, and you were, you know, the city of New York would like clap and bang their pots and pans outside the window. It's like every day at like 6 or 7 p.m. That's what I thought it was going on. Like immediately, it's like, oh, I see. Oh, 
I didn't know this was a shift change. I didn't know we were doing that again. Yeah. And then it makes sense because there is no shift change at 1 p.m. I go, and then all of a sudden my phone buzzes. And it's, oh, Joe Biden's been called. and But it was like a CNN push. And I go, are they just trying to be early with this? And then I saw that AP called it. And then next thing you know, once I saw the AP called, I was like, you watch. And before I really got the words out, it's just like, bang, 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 bang. Yep. It's like, oh, all right. We called it. How do you, How do you feel? How did you feel yesterday, the day that the news broke, and how do you feel today? Definitely a mix of emotions. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I know we typically try to avoid speaking about our specific politics on the podcast, um, mm-hmm. but I, I don't. I don't think it's a t- complete surprise to say that I was a I was a Biden supporter, and okay. or at least you know I was going to be a supporter of the Democratic nominee. I wouldn't necessarily say I was a Biden supporter from the beginning. At least he wasn't my my favorite from the beginning. Nevertheless, um, leading into into election day. There was definitely a lot of nerves and a little bit of concern because I think a lot of people saw the pushback that the White House was going to have relating to um, ballot counting. I mean, like this is a thing that this is the thing that the media has been preparing America for for months, not weeks, but like for months. And so it shouldn't be a surprise that we weren't going to know the results of the election on election day, on election night, and the kind of, I don't know, like misconception, like I guess I guess the way Americans are used to hearing elections being called is due to the fact that many elections haven't been particularly close in recent election cycles. It, you have to kind of go back to what, year 2000, that Al Gore-Bush election, yeah. where it was days before we actually knew who won because it was that close. That's kind of the case mm-hmm. here. I mean, it's not like all ballots are accounted for on election night when races are called. It's based off of the mathematics and the demographics and, and polling results from certain communities and counties. And so they might have a certain percentage of the votes counted in various states. And depending on how red or blue a certain state is, that state can get called ahead of time or early. But in states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, North Carolina, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, where it's a little bit more down the middle, it kind of depends on who shows up on, you know, whether it's who shows up on Election Day. But now, given the time of COVID, who who submits who submitted their ballots? And of course, we know that a lot of people are concerned for their health and they take they take COVID more seriously than others. And it just so happens that COVID has tended to become a, uh, a bit of a political issue these days that. It was a lot more people in blue counties that were going to vote by mail. And those are the votes, given the way that a lot of state laws were set up, as well as just a lot of states and how used to they are handling absentee ballots that had the capacity to count those votes. A state like Pennsylvania had what, like well over a million mailed in votes. It takes a lot of time to open those letters to verify them and then actually count that ballot. And so, yeah, we knew it was going to take a long time to get these these results. We didn't know if it was going to take a day, if it was going to take a week, if it was going to take a month. And I think the reason that people say like, oh, the month, they put that month counter on it is because they, pre- they predicted that the White House and Donald Trump were going to try to push back on the results of the election. And sure enough, like, you know, it, back in that first debate, the last question that was asked by, I actually can't remember who was who was uh, moderating that debate, 
But the final question that was asked was, would the candidates commit to not declaring themselves a victory, a victor on election day if the results aren't clear? And while Biden did commit to that, Trump was a bit like less um, committing to that answer. You know, he kind of dodged the question, so to speak. And so sure enough, now we're, we're here on, on election night and, you know, we, we, we know that the votes are, there's tons of outstanding votes in a lot of these different states. And Trump immediately wants to discount all those votes and say that they don't, they shouldn't count. They're not, they're illegal, whatever it might be. So while I've been excited that Biden's won, I've, I've also been concerned because especially given how polarizing politics are in this country i don't want to say like oh nowadays because i can't really speak to how they really were you know 30 40 years ago because i wasn't around or you know even more recently than that i wasn't aware or paying attention to it but given how polarizing things are today i'm i was a little concerned and, and still remain to be concerned that a lot of people on the other side of the aisle aren't gonna um, or not necessarily the aisle, but the general public who support the other side of the aisle aren't going to uh, believe the results of the election and therefore are going to sit there and clamor that it's not my president because he cheated and they'll feel that way for the next four years. So that's that's where I'm concerned about, you know, I, I, I as hopeful as you want to be that that we can become a bit more bipartisan in this country and actually start to, you know, work together a bit more than we have in recent years. It seems like that's probably not going to be the case for this next uh, presidency. What's interesting is I've been watching a lot of Fox News and they have been breaking away from the Trump camp. They have been pretty fastidious in keeping their position of, you know, they called Arizona early. The Trump administration did not like it because it felt like it really hurt their narrative. They put the lead guy that they have from data on the TV. He goes, I stand by this call. Yeah. The Fox News news desk with Brett Baird and everyone, they stood by him. And they've been saying all yesterday that if the Trump, you know, uh, Brett Baird, Chris Wallace, people on Fox News, they kept saying – if the Trump administration believes there is voter fraud, it is the onus is on them to produce the evidence. He goes, they go, we have chased down every lead. We have looked at all of the weird happenings around this country. Anything that might even seem bad, we have investigated and there is no evidence of industrial strength voter fraud the amount of voter fraud that would actually sway this election yeah. so they said they kept bringing up people and they were like you know we are americans first you hope that he does do really well because if he does well everybody does well you hope that you know the, uh, even chris wallace was saying that you don't file lawsuits to get more evidence i think this was in stark rebuke of the Giuliani press conference. Right. We're like, you know, we're going to file these lawsuits to, to gather more evidence that there is election fraud happening. Goes in America, you have to have evidence before you file that lawsuit to have like a remote shot at winning. Especially if you want the Supreme Court to even listen to your case. And even then we've known going into this that the amount of election fraud over the course of like many decades is like point zero 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 some percent. So it's like a couple of votes here and there. No, there's like no 
factual basis to be like, there's enough to overturn tens of thousands of votes. And they didn't lose Pennsylvania. They didn't lose Arizona. They didn't lose Georgia. They just never had it. Yeah. Similar to the point that you had said about mail-in ballots are counted later than you know election day voting that's done by law across a lot of these different states you know different state laws have different ways of going about it but they never you can't say that the state got stolen if you're counting legally casted ballots yeah exactly yeah so uh you know to to give my point of view when i saw it i was very anxious all day yesterday because it felt like for the first time in four years, we were starting to release a little pressure. It also felt like one of the rare good days of 2020. Uh, most of 2020, the days have broken against us, you'd say, especially with COVID. It just felt like we were just taking L's left and right. Not because it was your fault or my fault, but as like a collective society, we were just taking L's, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and this one felt like, holy shit, a, this is what a win felt like. And a win felt pretty good. Um, not, you know, I, I, when the, what's interesting is when the, uh, when the decision was pushed to everyone that Joe Biden had, when I was actually speaking with a Trump supporter, we were playing Call of Duty together and we were just talking and it's nice to be able to talk. I feel very privileged to say it's nice to talk to a Trump supporter and it not get like super vitriolic or acerbic or acidic, you know, like. We're able to have a conversation. Yeah. And we said, we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. We can't empathize with a lot of each other's positions, but it's nice to be able to not like yell at your own like-minded friends and be like, I wish I could say something to them. This is what I would say. It's like, no, just have a real conversation. These are your neighbors. We are Americans at the end of the day. We're Americans first. And like Joe said in his uh, president-elect speech, they're not enemies, just because they're your opponents doesn't mean they're enemies. They're Americans first, and we all want to solve certain things, and that's the direction we want to move in. We don't. That doesn't mean that we're now okay with a lot of their views, but if we're trying to build a bridge so that we can heal as a nation, then we have to tone down the rhetoric. We have to tone down. We have to turn down the temperature a little bit. You know, it's it's not easy. Because as I say that, I'm like, well, there's certain positions that they have that are just inhumane. Yeah, yeah. And But even then, like, does that just further add to this idea of like, well, if I just completely disregard you as a person because your views on these positions, I demonize, then aren't I prob- part of the problem? That I, I'm not, un- I'm like now unable to have that dialogue with somebody. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. It's tough, it right? Because because it it's been four years where we've been we the I say that sort of holistically, but you know we have been the subject of some crazy ass dialogue. We've had to read and accept that as Americans, our governments are doing this, our leadership accepts this, our leadership is communicating in this way, and yesterday's speech from Biden was a boring political speech it was super boring he hit all of the popular notes it was like a four chord rock song 
you've you've heard these notes before, right? But you haven't heard in a long time, and you're like, God damn, this thing slaps. It's like, no, it, this thing shouldn't slap. It's, this should be a boring. Like this wasn't Obama in 2008, you know. Biden doesn't have those speechwriters. He doesn't have that ability to. He doesn't have that same charisma. But goddamn, did it feel good to feel like you were listening to a, an adult in the room again? You almost want your politics to be boring, you know. You don't want to be like, oh my god, what did he say today? How's this going to affect my lifestyle, or my livelihood, or my life? And a lot of times, it's also about like for me, it was the way that America is being represented on the world stage as 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 nationalistic as a lot of politics are in, the, in this not just not this country but in the world it can be a bit dangerous to be pushing like i understand the whole america first rhetoric but the america first and fuck everybody else that i'm not really about and and that is kind of how a lot of countries have been operating these days so especially given that America wants to be seen as kind of the leaders in a lot of different areas, you know, whether it's, you know, pollution or some tech or anything, you know, if you want to be the leaders, you can't really be pushing other people out like that and trying to win one over them like that. You know, everyone can win. It's, it's not, it's not necessarily a win lose. There's not always a loser, you know, everybody can win and come out on top. And the way that I feel, uh, the way that I feel, our country was being represented on the world stage was uh, was not in the best manner, and was kind of detrimental to a lot of those relationships. Not just with our with our foes, where you put yourselves in a bit more of a tenuous relationship, but also with people who are supposed to be your allies. Mm-hmm. So that's a uh, that's the one thing. I, that's one of the things I'm probably looking forward to the most is having, you know, proper. Um, proper relationships, proper, um, uh, I guess, uh, communication with various other countries and hopeful that, you know, things can kind of revert back to some semblance of, 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 um, you know, normalcy to positive relationships across the board. But, you know, we'll see. I think one of the, one of the issues is, you know, whatever whatever we may feel about the previous administration or the current you know you know eventually leaving administration um presidents and 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 their administration is only temporary and i think some of the other countries in this world might have a little bit more reservations about doing business with us when you feel that everything can just be completely reversed come you know in four years if that's what the american people will and mm-hmm. so that would be one, I think, downside and, and lasting effect from Trump's presidency is that some some other countries might feel less likely to engage in in, a, you know, not really business relationships, but, you know, these these mm-hmm. uh, collaborations, uh, whatever deals like yeah, like yeah. the the Iran nuclear deal would is Iran necessarily willing to commit to another nuclear deal if the you know four years after biden or eight years after biden you know his start date not after his election or his 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 he finishes his presidency like would they be willing to engage in those talks again if four years afterwards it can just be completely reversed and undid again yeah who knows 
who knows yeah i think it's the the topsy-turviness of it that i think there's you know not to make light of it but i think we're all a little shell-shocked we'll say these last four years where we become very accustomed to a certain kind of rhetoric rhetoric that we shouldn't become accustomed to at the highest level and we uh we're we're hoping that we can get back to normal you know the fact that in kamala harris's speech and biden's speech they kept talking about science and truth it those felt like table stakes once and, and i'd like for those to become table stakes again you know this whole like alternative facts nonsense that we've had from sean spicer and kellyanne conway and the whole trump administration is like yeah let's uh let's move away from that shall we yeah yeah. Um, we uh, we were we were running errands in the city yesterday. It just felt really awesome to see people honking their horns and people clapping and people wearing like, you know, letting them letting the city know that, you know, that the, the, the winds of change had had come to bear fruit. And it's, it's sometimes it's nice to be in a city like this where you can really feel it. You know. Yeah. Certainly. Like I, we certainly didn't, act, we don't, we don't really have that here. Um, now granted, like in my backyard, I should say, I mean, if, if we were to, to drive down, you know, 15 minutes to Wilmington, that's a different story. I mean, that's where, where like you, I literally drive by the, uh, the chase center on the riverfront where Biden was and, and, uh, Kamala Harris were giving their speeches. So like, that's, that's not too far from my house, but nevertheless, um, I am also mindful of the fact that, you know, while we are happy and while a lot of people in our local communities are happy, there are a lot of people, you know, about half the country that is very disappointed with the results of this election. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like it's, it's, it's pretty, yeah. it, it's kind of wild how it's kind of wild how dramatically different those feelings can be. Like it's, it's really going to feel like, like your sports team has lost the Super Bowl. Well, it's more than that. It's like, it's it's less about the Super. Well, maybe the Super Bowl, but also the uh, when Trump won in yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah, exactly how we felt. Exactly. And I think I think that polarization of America just means that we feel like we're getting whipped around too hard. Um. Yeah, but uh, you know the sun will the sun will still come out tomorrow. We're we're hoping that we work work together, and that we you know we work on a on a day to day level that we don't demonize those people that voted against us that you know we extend the helping hand as much as we can. You meet kindness with kindness, and you know unfortunately you're not always going to receive kindness, and so it's a uh, you do the best you can. You do the best you can. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still I'm still a little like anxious about everything because it doesn't feel real um also with the two georgia senatorial races in runoffs now is very exciting because right now the senate has 50 republicans and 48 democrats and both seats both senatorial seats in uh uh, georgia yeah yeah um um could if if we do if we do our jobs if we do the Bill Belichick thing and do our job, we can we can flip the Senate. 
and then we would own both houses in in Congress and we'd own the presidency and I think some more uh, some more causes that'll help more people will, will come to bear. You know, it's the same people that are out here trying to kill Obamacare are the same people that need it. Right. Um, but I remember something that I think Dave Chappelle said, not only in this last SNL bit, but before it was like, um, can't can't go around telling the people what's good for their lives if you don't know what their lifestyles are like. Right. You know. I'm a, I'm I would be a self-described coastal elite and I can't tell you what it's like to grow up in rural America right now. I can't tell you what it's like to be someone that used to work in a factory job that no longer has it. I can't tell you what it's like to be in the working like a like working on farms somewhere that requires subsidies and aren't coming or fighting droughts or fighting, fighting droughts and floods in the same season. I can't tell you what that's like. Right. Can't tell you what it's like to be a woman in this country. Can't tell you what it's like to be a black person in this country. Can't tell you, can't tell you many things. But what I can do is share you, share with you my experience, and hope that you can share your experience with me, and that we come to common ground, right? Because that possibility of common ground that's really made our country so, so powerful, and given us the capability to to answer so many things. So I'm hoping that the coalition that we build is a diverse one. And you can't have it just be diverse on one side. You got to have it to be diverse with everybody. And then hopefully we can actually start coming to this point where, oh, we're actually remembering that we're not that different, you and I. That liberals isn't an evil word. Conservatives isn't an evil word. You know, we're Americans. We all live different lives. It's one of the largest countries in the world. You know, you could argue that 50 states are really 50 different countries. Yeah. And so we're trying to make this coalition shit work. So let's, you know, let, let's uh, let's listen to the better angels on our shoulders and uh, try and move forward. Yeah, couldn't say it better myself. Yeah, I got, yeah, yeah. I gotta get, I gotta get out of here. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's but, fine. That's that's a good place to put it. I um, think. Yeah, it's uh, tomorrow. The sun will still come up tomorrow, and you know, say hi to your neighbor. Yep. All right. Cool. All right. Well, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.